0: G'day guys. In today's episode, we review the two semifinals from the weekend. We preview the upcoming prelim finals and we talk about some big, big trade news. So sit back, relax and enjoy the episode. Semi-finals are uh, run and won. The Tigers through to another prelim, and the Cats through to another prelim as well. It's uh, much the same as it has been over the last few years, and um, yeah, I'm sure you're you're pretty happy with your Tigers' performance on the weekend, aren't you? Yeah,
1: extremely happy, extremely happy. Um, obviously, can't complain. Winning a semi, going through our fourth consecutive prelim, it's uh, it's always good to see. Yeah,
0: yeah. And uh, I mean, the Saints put up a little bit of a fight, but it was it was never never to. Um, yeah, too uncomfortable for the Tigers, was it?
1: Nah, no, not, not really. We'll, we'll, I'll touch on it, obviously, a, bit, a little bit more in the uh, the review, but the scoreboard probably didn't reflect Saints' performance as well. But, um, yeah, no, nah, that we we were definitely pretty comfortable most of the way through.
0: Yeah, and they're exactly the same on the Saturday night as well. The Cats were just uh, way too dominant for the Pies. But, yeah, we'll, we'll get stuck into the games um, a bit later. But we'll, we'll start with a few, uh, few talking points from the week that has been in, in the footy world. And it is, uh, or the trade news just keeps, uh, keeps hotting up, doesn't it? It's, there's some big names in there this season. I feel like trade, the trade time just, it gets bigger every year. And um, the news that, that broke the other day was the Jordan Degoe to Carlton news, which since has been, um, has been, well, hasn't been denied, but it's it's been brought out that Carlton aren't interested in Degoe. And um, it was more Degoe was interested in going to Carlton. So huge, it, that is huge for, you know, for Carlton, you know, considering where they've been the last few years and to have a player like goey and, and other players as well wanting to come to the club is, is pretty big.
1: Yeah, it's massive. I mean, especially to be able to say that you're not interested in a player like goey who we've all seen what he can do. And um, I think to find yourselves in a position like that is definitely very positive signs. I mean, uh, I guess from the other day, Gary Bacchanara said it as well that he didn't think Carlton should pick up goey And, you know, it's almost like they listened to what he said because they weren't interested.
0: Yeah, I think it's it's his price tag that's probably, um, yeah, scared Carlton off a bit. I mean, he's a great player. He's a match winner, but I think the, the price that he's after is just a little bit too much for, for him. He's, he's a bit inconsistent and um, yeah, he's, we obviously know he's, he's off field issues as well. So um, I think that's a good thing that Carlton aren't going after him. I don't think he sort of fits the culture that they're trying to build there. So I think that's a, that's a yeah, it's good for Carlton. They can focus on someone else because um, there definitely is a big fish coming and watch the space, I think, with that one. Um, and then, yeah, the other big names in the trade period as well, you've got Jeremy Cameron and Ben Brown, um, both power forwards and um, both look destle. Def- ben Brown definitely is going to go play for another club. Well, just depends which club it's going to be. It looks like it could be Essendon, Hawthorne, Collingwood. And then you've got Jeremy Cameron, who's um, it's either GWS or Geelong for him. So it's, it's going to be a big trade period.
1: Massive, massive. Two big key forwards. Um, There's a few clubs in the market that need those sort of players. I mean, like you said, Essendon, Collingwood, um, Geelong are probably looking at someone as well. So there's a lot of options for these guys. Um, Cameron, I guess, has always got the option to stay where he is, Where Ben Brown doesn't have that at the moment. So like you said, Ben Brown definitely will find himself somewhere else. So it'll be interesting to see who's looking for him.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's yeah, big names. And I think Jeremy Cameron, if you just don't know with with GWS at the moment, the way they're sort of tracking, whether they're going to fall off the cliff or whether this season was just a a, a real disappointing season and they'll bounce back strong next season. So you don't know with them. And, you know, if you go to a team like Geelong, who's already got Tom Hawkins in the forward line, well, it's just going to make them even stronger. So, um, yeah, so really looking forward to seeing how that plays out over the next month uh, when the trade period uh, does officially start.
1: Tell you what, though, the, uh, the lead up to the trade period, you get the real football nuffies, don't you?
0: Oh man, I'm, I'm 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 sick of it to be honest. <laughs> I, I, I'll hate it, but I love it. You know there's the stupid rumours that get flown around, and people say, "Oh yeah, I know him through him through him through him through him." Oh, just just shut up. No, you don't.
1: I love. Um. I guess we had on a couple of weeks ago a swoop Luke. I saw him post something the other day, and he met he. He posted some outrageous trade rumor or something like that. And then at the bottom he goes, yes, this is fake. It just goes to show how easily everybody can believe something they've read on Facebook or something like that. And it's so true. Yeah. It really is because people post something and all of a sudden, oh, really? And then it's just, yeah, it's a bit much. But at the same time, like you said, I almost do love seeing it just because it's a bit entertaining.
0: Yeah. It's just, yeah, it shows all the nuffies that are out there just trying to get a bit of attention and trying to start these rumors that are far from the truth and, um, you know, you feel like – Everyone knows everyone during trade period. Don't you know, everyone, everyone. You feel like everyone's got a link to some sort of AFL player. Um, so, yeah, I try. You try not to get sucked in or, or believe any of it until it actually happens. Um, you know, speaking from experience as a Carlton supporter, we missed. We've missed out on some big names that we've been linked to over the last few years. So, I don't believe anything until it's officially done. So, um, you know, you can say Adam Sard's definitely coming to Carlton, but until he signs for the Blues, it's not happening for mine. So. Yeah, as much as I'd love him to be there, but you know, you know what I'm trying to say.
1: Yeah, no, exactly. I agree, no, I agree with you 100%. Until, um, or for me, anyway, until the club comes out and expresses their desire or the player expresses it, I don't believe in in, in any of the rumours. And then, like you said, and then once until it's actually signed, done on paper, um, yeah, you don't look too much into things.
0: Yeah, absolutely. All right, we'll, we'll move on from the trade news and we'll go on to some bizarre news that came out over the last uh, couple of days. Uh Jack Higgins's girlfriend just gave the Bulldogs a bit of a bit of a clip for their behaviour in the hub.
1: Yeah, it went bang, didn't she? I mean, that's if you consider this news. I guess it's just a bit of a talking point that's gone around lately. Uh, yeah, um, the dogs obviously having a bit of a party celebrating their postseason, and um, Jack Higgins' girlfriend didn't take too kindly to that, uh, stating that there was a few teams that are playing finals coming up, trying to rest, etc. Which you know, it makes a good point. Maybe do consider. Um, you know have some consideration for others but I think someone that you, you pointed me pointed this out to me that someone commented on the video and said uh, you're away living in a hub in Queensland doing whatever you want to do well we're all locked up here down in Melbourne you're complaining about some players making a bit of noise at night yeah so,
0: absolutely I mean, it's yeah <laughs> just yeah I don't really want to give her too much attention to be honest I think she's just doing it to get attention um, so let's not give her the satisfaction shall we?
1: We will move on yeah
0: <laughs> Um, retirement though, from the other day, Lyndon Dunn, uh, 16 years at the highest level has, uh, hung up the boots. He's, uh, he's been a a real warrior for, for Melbourne and Collingwood. Big time, big
1: body player, the best mullet in the game. Um, he's like you said, he's been a a bit of a soldier for both clubs. And, um, I think, you know, the AFL world will miss him, miss him, especially the Pies at the moment. Um, they'll miss him dearly as well.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, he was a, a great servant for both teams, and um, yeah, a few injuries to the back end of his career didn't help him. But yeah, you feel like he's just been around for ages, and um, yeah, but the list sizes getting cut, it's probably uh, probably time for him to hang up the boots. And I think there's going to be a few more retirements to come. Just yeah, once the list sizes do get confirmed, um, I think yeah, I think we're going to see a little bit more of them as well. Um, and some tragic news to come out during the week as well was the passing of. GDWS AFLW player, Jacinda Barclay, which was uh, pretty sad to, to hear, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, it was terrible news. I mean, she was, a, she was an Aussie sports pioneer. She did she played a whole bunch of sports, which I think just goes to show the versatility of not only herself, but a lot of other um, AFLW players that have played multiple sports at a high level. So, I mean, Jacinda was in five World Cups for the Aussie baseball team. Um, she won a championship as a quarterback in America, um, playing American football over there. In the Legends Footy League, and then as you mentioned, she did play 23 games with GWS and AFLW, and she was only 29. So she's done a fair she had done a fair bit of sport and um, represented it at the highest level. And to see it, to have her hear about this passing, so I'm trying to spit out to hear about this passing. Yeah, it was sad news. Waking up this morning,
0: yeah, yeah, terrible news, and um, yeah, just it's it's good to see the, the footy world, uh, yeah, get around it and um, yeah, get around the family and the GWS Footy Club as well. So. It was good to see. Um, all right, well, let's get stuck into the to the semi-finals from the weekend. Uh, the, the two games that were played, as we said at the at the top, um, both pretty well. Definitely, one of them was pretty one-sided, and you could say the Richmond one was as well. Um, but yeah, it all started on that in that that Richmond game on the Friday night between uh, them and the Saints at Metricon. Um, unsociable Tigers back at it again.
1: That's right. That's right. I read an, an article with Jared Whiteley was saying that uh, in 2017, we well, were the underdogs, everyone, well, not everybody, but people were sort of, you know, you love that underdog story and that. And then it's turned full circle at the moment with a team that everyone seems to hate. And we just, the way we're playing as well, like you said, unsociable Tigers. It's um, rough footy. Look, I don't mind being tough on the, on, on the ball, but once it starts happening off the footy, it's when you don't like to see it. And I guess that leans into what I was about to say about uh, Tom Lynch the way he was jumping at the footy on the uh, on Friday night, he was looking pretty scary. But unfortunately, he was looking scary both on and off the ball with that knee. He was dropping uh, That that's that upsets me. So I've been backing Lynch up uh, all year. Um, the good bloke that he is, Tom Tom Nichols confirmed that when he came on the podcast. Good bloke that he is, Tommy Lynch. But um, yeah, you can't be doing those sort of things off the ball.
0: No, and I think he he almost needs a suspension just to to learn his lesson, I guess. I mean, like, I don't mind. He he plays on the edge. It's good, but um, he just does cross that line every now and then. And I think, yeah, he just keeps getting off and he probably thinks it's okay. And this is the line that he can, you know, that he can cross. And I think he needs a suspension and, you know, from Tiger's point of view, you don't want him to be suspended for a prelim or potentially a grand final.
1: No, it's, that's what I mean when I say looking scary, because for me, I see that happen and I think, oh, here we go again. You know, he's probably spent nearly five, six grand in fines this year from all the incidences he's had. And it's, it's not a good look for himself. It's not a good look for the team because um, it gives the club a bad look as well in the sense oh, they're dirty. They play, like, they play rough. And I think Lynch is honestly just lucky that um, the AFL got rid of that rule, whereas if you had three fines, you automatically got suspended. So I'm glad they've got rid of that rule for Tom's sake, but I think you're right. You probably probably needed a suspension earlier in the season just to pull his head in a little bit. But um, we'll talk about the Saints as well, because obviously they had a pretty good season. They'll probably, I reckon they'd probably say their season was a tick. Um, If you had told the Saints support at the beginning of the year, they're going to make finals and win one, they'd probably be pretty happy with that. And, you know, look, they were undermanned and they came up against a, you know, a fully-manned Richmond side who were eager to make up for their loss the week before. So they were the odds were probably against them, but I thought they put up a pretty good fight. Um, it was fairly one-sided. I mean, Tigers were in front the whole game, but Saints did well with what they had, I think, and um, they can definitely be very happy with the season they've had so far. Well, they've yeah. had, sorry. It's over now, but yeah.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely spot on with that. I mean, the Saints... Uh yeah, if you, yeah if you, exactly right. If you told them at the start of the season that they'd make finals, win a final, play in a semi-final, they'd be they'd be very happy with that. So um, I think Brett Ratton's done an amazing job with them. And, um, you yeah, know, as, yeah, as a Carlton supporter, looking at what is doing there, just, yeah, makes you very happy, but very sad at the same time because, you know, we had him and, um, yeah, he's controversially sacked, as everyone knows. So. Um, yeah, it's, 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 great. They've got a great coach down there. Um, and I think they've got a really bright future ahead of them and they, they recruited really well in the off season last season and, um, you yeah, know bringing in those established players and, um, you know, Brad Hill has been a bit, bit, um, criticized this season, but, um, he, he's still a handy player and he, you know, he, tra- he, tracks opposition players as well. So, um, yeah, I think overall the Saints have had a great season and, um, I guess now there's expectation on them though to perform in, in 2021. Exactly right. Yeah, they're going to
1: have to continue their form and probably even improve a little bit. They'd probably be expecting top four, I reckon, a lot of Saints fans. So yeah. we'll have to wait and see.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, the other semi final was on Saturday night between Geelong and Collingwood, and geez, this was a very one sided game and probably one of the most one sided finals in recent memory.
1: Yeah, I, I don't remember watching a game and uh, like this and having as little interest as I did. Um, I think the only time we've well the only final we've seen. This one started recently, and not to our uh, 2 horn was the grand final last year. But um, other than that, yeah, it's been it was a, it was a pretty boring game to watch. But in saying that, uh, Patrick Dangerfield is really staking a um, staking his claim to be the best big-game player. He four goals and just looked unstoppable. He he wants that flag this year, doesn't he?
0: Yeah, he's he's a freak. Um, yeah, he he just looks like he's got that persona about him at the moment that he's got a job to do, and uh, that is to get that flag. That that the club wants and and he personally wants as well. It's the only thing missing from his, from his resume is that premiership. So um, he just looks like a man on a mission. And I mean, geez, if they can put in a performance like that again this weekend, well, they could, they could easily take it out this season. So um, yeah. And then, yeah, he's, he's made Hawk up front was, was back to his best um, after a pretty, pretty poor, poor performance the week before. So the Cats are finding form um, at a very, very crucial time. And, um sets up a massive prelim against Brisbane at the Gabba as well. So it's, geez, these, these prelims are going to be good, aren't they?
1: No, oh, they're going to be very exciting. Very exciting indeed. Yeah. But um, I want to talk about the Pies quickly. You, I mean, obviously Geelong played well and they were in very good form, but it just looked like Collingwood were just all over the place, um, which is unlike them. They've been pretty composed as of late, especially against West Coast the week before. So I think the Pies' poor performance made the Cats look a little bit better. Um, what do you think, well, what, what for you, what was it that you thought Collingwood just were lacking?
0: Oh, they looked cooked. They looked like they spent all their tickets last week. Um, they, yeah, they were just, just un, um, un-Collingwood-like errors where they were just, yeah, missing easy targets and they were really sluggish and slow and um, yeah, taking nothing away from Geelong. I thought they were great, but I think, yeah, Collingwood just looked absolutely spent and they just had nothing left after such an amazing win last week. And, yeah, they just they just had nothing for Geelong and Geelong just... Had yeah, pretty much answered everything that Collingwood threw at them, and um, we were just clinical in front of goal as well. So yeah, it was. I think they were just cooked, and um, I mean, yeah, that they would never, they, were ne- they, ne- they never should have beaten West Coast. Let's be honest. Um, so they really just gave everything for that game, and yeah, they just they just simply didn't have enough, in my opinion, anyway, against Geelong.
1: From uh, where Collingwood were at, probably middle of the year when they had a lot of injuries, they weren't winning many games. Um, that no one was really sure if they were even going to play finals. Do you think considering where they got, it was still pretty good? Or do you would you have expected more from Collingwood?
0: No, absolutely. I think they've done quite well considering the injuries that they had and, um, you know, all the off-field stuff that they had as well. You know, with the side-bottom incident, the Dugowie incident. Um, yeah, and just all those adjustments to the team as well. And, yeah, I think at the start of the season, without these injuries, yeah, they would have been... Collingwood supporters would have expected them to, to challenge for the flag. Um, but with the injuries and, and the things that, that did happen during the season, I think they would have been happy with a semifinal finish. And, um, and I think they'll, they'll still be well in the hunt next season as well, if they can keep their players and, and keep them on the park as well. So I don't think it's obviously very concerning that they lost by this much in a final, but yeah, I think they'll be fine next season.
1: Well, I think one player that people tend to forget is out because he's been out for so long is Jeremy Howe, and he's so important yeah. for Collingwood. I mean, sidebottom obviously missed due to the birth of his child. He's in Melbourne, but um, yeah, Jeremy Howe is so important to that team, and he's been out for pretty much the whole season. So he'll come back in next year, and Collingwood will be scary once again.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think um, I think I think all is well at the Pies. I've yeah, you know, they're a great club, and um, they've got a lot of talent on their list. So, and as we said before. Uh, as we said before, just keeping their players as well. There's been, you know, trade interest from other clubs for a couple of them, and Trelaw was uh, sounded out the other day by Gold Coast, but he's um, he's come out and categorically said that he's staying at the Pies. So they just need to they just need to hang on to their players and, and keep them on the park. So I think they'll be they'll be right in the hunt again next season. That's for sure.
1: Oh, definitely. They've got a good culture down there at Collingwood too. I mean, you look yeah. after the game. I don't know if you saw the footage Channel Seven posted. Braden Maynard got around to every one of his teammates after the game, yep. gave them a pat on the back, and then. Even on the ground, he picked up Hawkins at one point. You know, um, towards the end of the game, and I think just that sportsmanship and, I guess, that camaraderie that you can see between the players. That with the talent they've got and that sort of connection between them, yeah, they're gonna they're gonna do well very soon.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and they're led by a great coach in, in Nathan Buckley as well. So yeah, they'll be fine. I wouldn't worry too much about them. Um, all right, well, let's get stuck into the prelim finals that are happening this weekend. It uh, obviously feels feels very different to yeah. You know, your regular prelim finals in the past, uh, and you know none of them are in Melbourne. Um, it's obviously <laughs> nearly the end of October now, and um, footy is still being played, so it's a little bit different. And um, but it all starts on Friday night between Port Adelaide and Richmond at the Adelaide Oval. And before you before you get started in the Tigers, the last time you guys met in a final was in 2014, and Port Adelaide won by uh, I think eighty points, was it? So, not a great recent finals history at the Adelaide Oval for the Tigers.
1: No, not at all. Um, actually, bringing that up, I remember. I, I remember that day so vividly. Uh, watching it at home, I didn't. A couple of my cousins flew across, and I opted not to fly. I thought, no, nah, I can't really afford it. I wasn't working much at the time, and lucky I didn't because I was crying on my couch, and that's no word of a lie. <laughs> I was shedding tears by halftime. I was that upset with that game. So, fingers crossed, it's not a repeat of that. But. Um, Look, I think a good record that goes through Richmond um, recently anyway is we've never lost to the same team twice in a season um, since 2016. So since then, we you know, we've obviously been a pretty good side um, and we've never lost twice to the same team. So if we lose to them during the year, we intend to beat those teams in finals. So fingers crossed we can do that and continue that little trend. But we'll be entering a massive um, hostile environment. We all know what the Port Adelaide supporters are like. Um, Adelaide Oval was such a... Oh, can't think of the word for it. It's Just such a haven, I guess, for the Port Adelaide players and Adelaide and um, Crows as well. But um, yeah, so I think the, the the crowd is going to be a massive factor going into this game. The home ground advantage, Port have had a week off, um, although insane as well. Port have massive massive expectations to win this game because top of the ladder all year, people kept writing them off. They kept saying no, we were you know they kept talking themselves up, which rightfully so. They're top of the ladder. They have been the whole season. Um, they've got the week off, home final. Everything's pointing at Port winning this game. So I think the expectations for them are very high.
0: Yeah, for sure. And, yeah, Ken Hinckley came out at the start of the year and said, you know, they're going for the flag in their 150th year. So they've they put expectations on themselves and and, and rightfully so. Like, they're a great side. And, um, you know, if they can, if they, I feel like if they can beat Richmond, They will win the flag because we all know what Richmond are capable of, and if you can beat Richmond in a prelim final, I think that goes a long way to winning the flag. And I think they they will do it Um, because the pressure is going to be on Port, as you said. Expectation um, playing against a Richmond side who have you know they've been there, done that. They know what it takes to to win a prelim and and win premiership. So this is huge, and I'm really looking forward to this game. It's going to be an absolute beauty. Um, This, oh, both uh, both great. Hard sides as well, so it's going to be an absolute um, crazy contest. I'm really looking forward to it. Who are you tipping? Oh, I honestly don't know. I honestly don't know. It's actually bloody hard. Um, I'm going to tip Port Adelaide just because it's at just because it's at the Adelaide Oval. But geez, I oh, yeah, I, that's that's my only reason. Otherwise, but it would not surprise me if Richmond get up and, and you know do a good job as well.
1: Yeah. Well, see, I'm very big on... I mean, not that this is the right way to look at it, but I'm pretty big at looking at previous performances. And last time we played Port, lost by 21 points. We were leading at quarter time. But these are just some of the players. I've written them down, so I do not forget. These are some of the players that weren't playing last time we played Port Adelaide, who will be playing this week. Trent Cochin, Shane Edwards, Dion Prestia, Basha Hooley, Jack Graham, Toby Nankervis, and David Asprey will all be in the side, and they weren't the last time we played Port, and we only lost by mm. 21. So... Yeah. It gives me a little bit of confidence. I know that doesn't mean too much considering different time of the year. That you know, even ports a different side from what they were in round eleven. But um, tipping against Richmond hasn't worked for me lately, so I'm going to I'm going to tip Richmond. But I, I like same as you. I just I don't know. I really don't know. Yeah, because for the sake of things, I'm going to tip the Tigers.
0: Yeah, and that's the great thing about it. Like no one really knows who to tip, and it just shows how good the game's going to be and how even it is. So really looking forward to that one. And I think personally, I do think the winner out of this game is going to be the premiership winner as well so it's going to be a great great contest
1: it'll be massive through the middle of the ground as well which is quicker touching on that because last time we played Port Adelaide they belted us in centre clearances and it showed Um, but with Richmond's midfield we have got in this week it should be a a fairly good paddle in the centre of the ground but Port's midfield is really really strong and if they can get some clean looks to blokes like Dixon um, Laddams and some of their smaller forwards as well um, it's going to be a hard time for the Richmond defenders
0: yeah for sure Um, all right The other prelim on the Saturday nights is between Brisbane and Geelong at the Gabba. And same with Port Adelaide. This is a huge opportunity for Brisbane home final. It's their first home prelim since 2002 as well. So this is, this is a huge occasion for them. And I mean, people aren't going to say that the pressure's on them, but the pressure is on them. You know, they're at home and, they get through, they get a home grand final as well. So this is this is huge for the Lions and they, they won't get a, a better opportunity than this to, to win the flag this season, which we've said multiple times here on the podcast. But in saying that, Geelong just looked scary last week. And um, again, it wouldn't surprise me if Geelong got up and beat the Lions as well.
1: Well, just some of the determination that you've seen in blokes like Paddy Dangerfield specifically in his eyes, just the determination he wants to win the flag this year. I think they're going to come out red hot, um, the Cats, but in saying that, who knows, maybe Brisbane's week off will help them, let them recover a little bit. I know Harris Andrews the other week, when he played against the Tigers, was coming off a hamstring injury, so maybe an extra week of rest will, you know, put him back at 100% and the battle between him and Hawkins will be exciting. I can pretty much guarantee you that, but um, like you said, massive opportunity for the Lions and a little bit like Port Adelaide, the pressure probably, I think the pressure definitely is on them. It's the only time in history they're going to – or they've had the grand final at their home ground. It's probably the only time they'll ever have it there again. So massive, massive game all around for this one.
0: Yeah, it's huge. And Geelong love playing at the Gabba as well. I think their record is incredible there. So this is going to be a huge, huge contest. Um, Who are you tipping?
1: I'm tipping Brisbane. And purely because Brisbane seem to love – Brisbane seemed to love breaking hoodoos at the Gabba. I know Richmond had a pretty good record there too because they beat us this year. And I think also just the fact that, um, like I said, I just think the weight on Brisbane is just too big. And Geelong just seemed to crumble as well come important finals a lot. So I hope, you know, for Geelong's sake, hopefully they don't. But yeah, I'm going to have to get the Lions.
0: Yeah, I think Lions for me, just because it's at the Gabba, home crowd. Um, and yeah, as you said, Geelong's record in, in prelims hasn't been great over the last 10 years. So... Um, yeah, Lions for me and geez, what an occasion that's going to be if uh, they get through the grand final and um, it's, a, it's a Brisbane crowd there. It's going to be huge. So um, yeah, really exciting, really exciting prelim finals. Really can't wait for it. Um, they're going to be great and um, crazy to think the grand finals are just a week and a half away, which is absurd.
1: Ridiculous. I can't believe it's that close
0: yeah it's huge so um yeah so they're the prelim finals done and um you yeah, know we're really looking forward to them and um also uh, another big event that's happening this weekend as well as the Brownlow medal which has definitely crept up on us which is we spoke about before we jumped on the podcast we completely forgot that the Brownlow medal was uh was on this week um yeah it's usually on a monday night but it has been shifted to a sunday night this year and yeah it's going to look very different to what it usually is and i think it's yeah, it's obviously getting filmed from the from the Gold Coast and um it's not going to be your usual uh, red carpet um show off your girlfriend type of night is it?
1: No which I think is almost better I mean uh, so do all the ladies that love watching all the dresses <laughs> and stuff like that but I honestly only watch for the vote so I kind of wait till the vote count starts on uh Brandon not myself I'm not too interested in all the stuff that goes on beforehand but um I think it'll be good. I think it'll be a good. Uh, interesting, like you said, it's all going to be uh, done virtually. So it'll be different. That's for sure. But um, I mean, I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm, I think there's a pretty clear winner for the night. Um, so it might be not might not be as exciting leading into it. I think the more, most exciting thing will be seeing who's going to win um, awards like goal of the year, mark of the year and things like that, more so than the Brownlow. Because the Brownlow is almost pretty much, or you did say almost done and dusted.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I'll be very, very, very surprised if Lockie Neal doesn't win it. I think he's first half of the season was so dominant that I can't see anyone catching him, especially in a, in a short season as well. So, I mean, you know, you could probably mount a case for you know, Petrarca or Travis Bowe, could players like that, but... Dusty's a red-hot chance. Uh, Dusty, <laughs> Dust, Dust, Dusty polls well, even if he doesn't play. So, he could have two disposals and
1: they'll
0: be yeah. like, yeah, that's two two votes for exactly him. Exactly right. So don't be surprised if Dusty takes it out somehow. <laughs> um, and then you've even got Jack Steele who could, you could mount a case as well. So, but yeah, I think Lockheed Neal will win it quite easily for mine. Yeah. No,
1: same here. Yeah. Same here. But that will be the debate question this week, will it
0: not? Yeah. So that yeah, that leads us on to our debate question. Who will win the Brownlow medal on Sunday night? So yes, you heard that right. Sunday night, not Monday night as it usually has been. So uh, yeah, check out our Insta stories for that. Um, yeah, let us know who you think. Um, obviously, I think a lot of a lot of you are going to say Lucky Newell, but if you've got someone else, let us know and let us know why and, and where they're going to get their votes from. So, um, yeah, check out our Insta story for that uh, over the next couple of days. All right, well, uh, that is us done. Obviously, it's uh, a lot shorter at the moment, less games, and um, it's the yeah the last real weekend of footy, isn't it? Um, before the grand final, so it's the as you said the other day, it's the most purest football weekend, isn't it?
1: It is. It is the most purest football weekend of uh, – most purest weekend of football, yeah. it's. Uh, there's always some pretty great games that happen on uh, prelim final weekend, so hopefully, um, you know, history can repeat itself and we have a couple more great games.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Really looking forward to them. And, um, and yeah, then we'll uh, – what I'm really looking forward to as well is our grand final preview next week, whether that's going to be with you happy or you – in the sads, so, it'll,
1: it'll, it'll be with me happy or me not not on the podcast. Yeah, we'll to find another, yeah. Another
0: could conference. be doing it on my own next yeah. week. But, um, but no, it'll be great. It'd be really looking forward. We'll definitely, uh, if you're Richmond get through, I'm sure there'll be a, a massive Richmond preview from yourself.
1: Yeah,
0: sure will be. Sure <laughs> I mean, will be. But that is, uh, that is all we've got time for today. And as we say every every episode, make sure you leave us a review on iTunes, follow us on Spotify and subscribe to us on YouTube. Uh, We really appreciate all the support that's been coming through. Definitely doesn't go unnoticed and we, uh, we really love you all. So keep it coming. But have a great weekend. Stay at home, wear your mask, and we hope your finals team wins.